Cape Talk, New Beginnings. Now, my guest in studio today is Griselda Grootboom, the author of a new book called Exit, published by Blackbird Books. It is a harrowing read. It is her first-hand account of life, a very difficult life, first as a child living on the streets of Cape Town, then as a victim of human trafficking and sex slavery, followed by a life of prostitution. But it is a story that ends in hope and a way of finding a way out of that life. Today, Griselda works with the NGO Embrace Dignity, helping other women to escape that cycle. And thank you for this remarkable book, first of all, Griselda. Thank you for having the courage to tell your story. And thank you so much for joining us today in studio. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> so am I. I mean, it's, it's, it is so difficult to read this book and to read the description of your childhood, your early childhood spent in Woodstock, living with your father who worked on the docks, but then abandoned you at a very young age. Griselda, what do you remember of those days? Um, I, I remember so many fun times in, in, in Woodstock. And then I also remember so many... Um, you know, dark times where you just, your, your mind automatically as a child had to just shift. Um, it, it, for me, it felt like I'm only going to go through it for a day or two or something is going to solve it or somebody's going to come and solve it. But then it just went on for months and months and going back forward and, and going from one place to another. Um, and then when we started being a group and growing into be a group of street kids, it, it, it became a bit more family-like. But at the same time, when you're sleeping and getting cold, um, you, you just wonder how did it happen and it just shifted. And, and mm. um, But happy days were, were there. You know, those were the moments because when you went through so many days in a week, four days like cold and bad and sexual abuse and violence and going to jail and just being high and And then on a Sunday would be your Sunday in, in Cape Town under the bridge and, and you'll be, it will be happy and that will be a memory you need to carry for the next week to survive. Mm. And, and that's how, that's how, that's how I remember it. And, through my years, I still just remember one memory, as I said in the book, is just me wearing my bubble dress and mm. hipping from, from Roger Street to St. Philip's um, Church in Hoodstock. Yeah. So some happy memories mixed in with a very, very difficult uh, situation. You did at one point make the decision to go and find your mother. You tracked her down to Kailicha, yes. but it wasn't a, a fix-all solution, was it? It wasn't an easy relationship at all? No, it wasn't because, I mean, even when I was, um, you know, being to find her and, and, and get a hold of her, it was like, um, you know, I had to go through the docks. I had to go through now and then family member would pop up and search and clubs and then I just heard that she was there and then as the book is saying you know I took so many trains back and forth and and just turning back from Nolungile station and going back again and when I found her it, it for me I think it you know I had to compare the two places in Kailicha and under the bridge and then I felt no no no, no under the bridge is better because mm. um you know I had to work out like this sand and the, this language and and just seeing her made me feel like I don't know her I've I, I have never spent time with her I have never heard the sound of a voice so when mm. when when that came face to face and she just looked and just like, oh, no, this is my brother's child. And that was it, you know, and mm. in, a, in a way of now another day, that's it. Not sort of no, claiming not, ownership of you and, no, and, and care of, for you. Mm, mm. Not that. One of the most difficult things to read in this book is your description of what happened to you at age nine. You're playing with friends innocently when you are taken by a group of boys who gang raped all four of you. Age nine. And what horrified me the most, Griselda, as much as the description of the attack itself, was your description about 
the lack of response from the community afterwards? Did nobody reach out a hand to you to say, let me help you, let me care for you? This shouldn't have happened to you. Nobody did. Um, and I think, you know, the book does tell how we were let out of the, of the shack one by one. And I was the last. And, mm. and, 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 and it felt like it was my fault at that time because I didn't, I didn't learn how to speak the language. I didn't, I didn't, you know, and I couldn't learn how to speak the language. So I felt maybe just because I couldn't learn how to speak the language, I didn't greet people every day when I went to go fetch water. So it, it made me feel like it was my fault because I didn't learn the culture. Mm. And then it, it, it just, you know, women seeing me walk down the street and, and I was trying to understand maybe it's because it's late at night and automatically I'm a nine years old girl and, and nobody sees my tears. There's no lights in, 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 in sightsee mm. and that's it. So I thought, yeah, this is my fault and, and nobody's going to come and talk to me. And, and when they didn't do that, even see my physical appearance, um, holding my dress, I just, you know, knew at that moment that, you know what, you're not going to get help at any particular point in your life in this world ever since you've been removed from sightsee. So um, it's time to go. And that was it. And there was there was people at that time in the evening. So I was I was just shocked that mm. that's how the reaction of women that you get in a community for me, just because I couldn't speak closer. Mm. That was the problem. I mean, you speak about how everything changed from that moment. Your your belief in men, your attitude towards men, but also your your sense of any sense of security, of safety in the world ripped away from you. And shortly after that, you, you ended up, you chose to leave, to live on the streets again, finding that family, a space with that family rather than where you were. Let's talk to us about your time there. I mean, you've, you've described to us finding a sense of family in the community on the street, the, those small moments of, of hope, of enjoyment in the day. But, but talk to us about the moments of darkness. What was it like as a nine-year-old child living on the streets of Cape Town? Well, you have to look over your shoulder every time, not, not just as a child, but as, as a young girl. Um, you know, the first time just being on the streets was, was the first thing that gets you see is a big, bong of fire and a lot of gangsters and mm. and um when i say gangsters it was guys standing with their knives and guys standing with their guns and just holding uh, you know um their right of their territory wherever they were standing whatever corner it was in, in, in the streets and just trying to get to know who's who you you need to know that you're going to bring a 10 rand or a 5 rand or you're offering a cigarette or you're bringing a bunch of boxes before you join in that community and and that's how i started to come in i just you know started stealing and brown boxes and, and, and standing on robots and just seeing what other kids did. And that's how I also started. But whatever I had, I couldn't use it for myself because I was trying to get into this community of the street. So I had to find a way to communicate by sharing with them. And when I did that, that's where loyalty and trust took place and that's where they let me in. And and I think the most thing that I wanted from from them is 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 you know them trusting me and taking me in and have protection mm. most of it because after just coming from the gang rape I, I needed so much protection and i needed so much to learn how to protect myself and i thought that was that was the way so when i got in the street it was it um it was very dangerous at all times. You get you get smacked, you get kicked, um, you know, by grown men, um, and, and in the middle of the night, you know, you get woken up um, in the middle of the night, and you get searched. You know, guys will come and search, thinking you have money. If not, they stop. Mm. Fe- they start feeling. So you had to constantly sleep with the with the knife or or, or a, a bottle head, so you can. <laughs> 
react first and the mm. quicker and faster you react you know the quicker everybody else can wake up around you and protect you so that's how it was I mean it's a story of, of an utter failure of the adults who should have been caring for you and protecting you an utter failure to do so now by the time you got to 18 Griselda you you made a decision that you were going to try for a new life you were going to try for a fresh start in Johannesburg you turned to a friend or acquaintance named Ntombi, who you knew was a student in that city, who said, yes, I can help you come to Johannesburg. Tell us what happened when you arrived in Joburg. When I arrived in Joburg, I was, uh, you know, in Park Station, busy place. I'm 18. Um, I was a little bit half drunk, half high, because I had to keep my survival awake in the train. And I was very excited with the change. The city didn't know me. The city, I was excited that whatever I'm going to do here to be to survive, um, I'm going to make it because it's a big city and nobody mm. knew me. And I was excited to see my old friend, like every young girl when they see their friends after a very long time. And I was looking forward. And when I met her, there was a sense of attitude, you know. And one thing we've learned with body language in 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 in, in a survival, um, there was a sense of attitude from her. And you know, she's better than me. She's good looking me. And that I always knew about her um getting driven in a very nice car going to this house um and and you know like like i described in the book this the the scent of change was there for me and i and i that's all i wanted after leaving cape town in such mm. a um sad way and you know i trusted her knowing who i was and where i come from and i thought maybe she'll give me that hand and and i mean i trusted her because i did everything for her to 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 be protected on the street so i didn't know what was that all about um and just getting into this house and feeling and, and 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 knowing that i'm in a safe space because of her i didn't expect anything what was about to happen to me would come from her mm. i did expect that this is jobbrick so anything of violence could happen but you in her hands so i'm sure she's got all the networks to protect you um Going in the room, it was, you know, beggars can't be choosers. It's empty. And we just spoke about, like, you know what? Just rest. Tomorrow is another day. We're going to work. And that was it. And that was the last time I saw her. Um, and, and being woken up with, 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 with something very, you know, a man's, like, that was the hardest punch I think I had. Maybe because I wasn't high as I should be. Or, and those were the thoughts that was going through my head when these men walked in, you know, two hours later and beating me up and dressing me. But the most thought was like, where is she? And, and, and I mean, what did I do to her? Or is this just another? Or I'm in, I'm in a wrong place. Or did mm. she forget that she put me in the wrong place? Um, so the more the punches came through while I was thinking that, I just ended up, you know, you know, getting out of my body and just fade and... Uh, just trying to numb it so I can ignore the pains of of kicks and punches and being tied up because I was just hopeless. So you you were lying there thinking either I am the unfortunate victim of being in the wrong place at the wrong time and we are being robbed and attacked in this house. Yes. It never crossed your mind initially that actually this was your friend's design, your so-called friend, that she had left you in that house knowing that you were in fact being trafficked into sex slavery. At, at, at what point did the penny drop that, that, that she was behind what had happened to you? I think it dropped uh, maybe like a day or two, a day or a half, two later. 
um, you know, when when every time they um, maybe like few customers would come and clients and do what they want to do and then left and then the guys would come back inside um, and just, uh, you know, once more violently smack me and, and give me an ecstasy and an injection of resistance um, down my body and my legs so I wouldn't resist any sexual fantasies. Um, and that's where it kicked in. I was like, you know, okay. You know, this is what, what, what she wants me to be. This is how she wants to introduce me on what she thinks I came to do. And that's where I knew. And not not her, not hearing a voice, not smelling a scent in the room of anything, of her being around. Mm. I couldn't, I tried so many times to just be so quiet and hear, and, and it didn't. So I knew that, okay, this is her way of saying, you know, don't ever trust any me or don't trust me. And that's where it kicked in. Now, you were subjected to the most appalling abuse and torture for a fortnight and then one day you hear the screams of another young girl being brought into that house and just like that you are replaced you are thrown out onto the streets somebody else takes your place in that house this is something you address in the book but I'm going to ask you uh, directly because I'm sure many people would, 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 would ask this question why did you not at that point walk out of that when you jumped on the street outside why didn't you go to the police to report what had happened to you um I grew up around policemen. You know, when we were street kids, we were taken into the police station every night when we stole something. And back then, as a young kid, you know, police stations were the same as on the streets. You know, men used to, policemen used to ask us, you know, do you want us to take you to a safe house? Then you need to do me a favor. You need to give me a hand this. You need to give me a, a be this. Um, so... The trust of asking any man of protection, I knew from the streets already. We 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 were on the streets. If you robbed and you were a girl, you would be taken to the police station and then you'll wait there for two hours and the shifts will change. And the one that comes in the night will be like, you know, obviously what you did, you know what you're doing. So you're a responsible girl. So let do me a favor, I'll do you a favor and mm. then I'll drop you at a shelter. So coming out of, of, of that and then being in a house with men and then come out of it and say, where are you going to go? It didn't even kick in because you just, my mind just said, and that's not betrayal of society has already kicked in from my body, from the age of, of, of being removed from, 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 from Hoodstock to, to a community where people saw it. I didn't even buy, I didn't care. I didn't think society existed in my head back then. I just thought it was my suffering and that's what they know. And they've already labored me from the age of being raped to that and going through survivals of being on the streets and shelters back forth. So coming out of that house was like, you know, whatever. And and the men that came in that house, I could smell, I could I could materialize, I could touch what kind of man came in. And that also kicked in and saying, Oh, this one probably, you know, he's a he's a judge of, of something. Because they they, mm. they the masculinity, the size of the body, and and we—that's how I felt. Like there's no, there's no need. If I go to a police station, there might be have been a guy that was here in my room with me, and he's at the—he won't take me serious. So I didn't mm. go to the police. I didn't waste my time to do that because it wasn't. You found yourself though alone on the streets of a city you did not know, with nothing. So yeah. what did you do? 
Of course, the survival streets mind kicked in, got to the bins, um, met a, a, another person that lives in the streets, asked for directions, the easy way of how to live. He's, you know, he was very like a father figure saying, yeah, you girls don't listen. And the book does describe our certain tiny moment of relationship. And then after that, we found my way to Park Station where the truck stops are happening. And then I needed a fix. And then I just, you know, was on the streets of, of, of Johannesburg and learned how to 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 sell my body because that's what I was introduced to the city. And this became an endless spiral because the drugs blocked out what you were coping with on a daily basis. But to buy the drugs, you needed money, which made you sell your body to get money to buy for the drugs. It's, It's a spiral which we know many women never escape. If you've just joined us, my guest in studio today is Griselda Krutboom, the, the author of Exit, A True Story, and it is the true story of her life as a victim of human trafficking, of her life on the streets, trying to survive from early childhood into uh, adulthood and a life of prostitution and drug abuse and the cycle that goes with those. But uh, what I want to focus on to close the interview, Griselda, is the fact that you're sitting here today out of that life. How did that happen? Um, I found my faith, I found my courage, I found my salvation, I found God in my ways of surviving after um, my last, my last, my last time of working in a brothel in Port Elizabeth, and I was pregnant with Summer, as the book will explain. Um, and when they removed Summer from me, the uh, she was six months, and 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 that's where it kicked. And that you know what. I thought I found life. I thought I give life, and they took that for away from me. From there on. Um, that's where my journey started. That's where the journey started. And I, I, got, I got blessed by meeting somebody while I was in the hospital um, after being beaten up because I refused to have a customer after abortion. Um, and then this young lady was next to my bed saying, you know what, you know, after a month of you being in this bed, you should find out why you're still alive. And, and that's where it went. You know, the walk was very hard. I was like 27 now. Um, one year of rehab was like crazy. Two months of solidarity in that rehab house was crazy. Um, and then another year that I had to spend where I had to find shelter. And for me to find the shelter, I um, was kept in a house where little kids that were thrown away by parents were brought in. So for me to stay in that shelter, I had to take care of these kids for like a whole year. And that's where the whole faith and courage and promising that generation that listen whatever whoever you guys are even if you were cast out by your parents i am i'm gonna make sure this doesn't happen it's been a journey of knocking on doors and churches have been rejected on churches churches was just a soup kitchen it was never for like how far do you want to go what you want to do do you want to get out of there and you know going through that also trying to find my faith in who i am was quite painful because back and forth on the streets that's all i did that's that's how i knew because the churches rejected me and then I just end up going back and but continuing continuing I think my last job was just coming back to Cape Town um, obviously through being pimped by drug smuggling and trying to re- reconcile with my with my mom and that's where it took place um, now I'm in, with Embrace Dignity I got that um, Embrace Dignity. We were at the Human Trafficking um, Conference in Summonstown, and I had to act like a prostitute on a awareness um, movie that was going to be a tool for for to bring forth awareness around this. And that was my first job without getting paid, but still being a prostitute. <laughs> so, hey, I was like, okay, this is not working out for me. It's <laughs> a terrible irony. <laughs> yeah. But then I had the platform to actually stand up and, and talk to all these organizations, and they were like so 
so supportive and shocked that there's a survivor amongst us uh, in this country, in this mm-hmm. world, and it's time to support our survivors. And that's how I met Embrace Dignity um, and their organization that brings so that brought so much dignity in my life. In, and I mean dignity by saying, listen, we hear for you whatever you need to find out who you are to get back your dignity and 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 get out of this process of of what you've been you know used for in society we yeah and that was that was like the ever for me in my ears you know where somebody just in an organization said we are for you Mm. as survivors and you know embrace dignity has been supportive and i said i've always wanted to do this writing the book they were there it was a crazy year i mean there were times where i just went into office and screamed and shouted and cried and lay on the floor but the staff in the office were amazing and they were just there and i i i grew to to love them it's an incredibly courageous book. It's a difficult book to read, Griselda. Uh, I can't imagine how difficult it must have been to write. But I want to thank you for having the courage to write it and for joining us today. Is the book out in bookshelves yet? Yes, the books book are out in, 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 in exclusive books and it's been doing amazing. And thank you to Jakan. They've done Blackbird. They've done amazing work, Tabiso. And yeah, it's amazing. I'm just traveling around the country doing some book launches and God has just been graceful. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Griselda Kroetboom, the author of Exit, A True Story, uh, published by Blackbird Books, which is an imprint of Jakarta, available in the major bookstores now. Thanks again.